The number one cause of death for people living with diabetes is heart disease. The amount of deaths from autoimmune disease in general is actually higher than heart disease, cancer, diabetes. But stress itself is what we need to learn, to balance, to manage. Otherwise, we will die from the consequences of stress. There are other methods for healing or in healthcare than just what we've been taught or programmed. What if we restored mitochondrial function? They don't care at all what happens to your quality of life. So we're talking about the diet style that's most favorably designed to slow the aging process, prevent disease, prevent cancer and dementia and also reverse disease. How do we create spaciousness for ourselves? Every step you take, you go, you evolve. You go, you evolve, you expand your consciousness. You expand your consciousness, you develop more internal power, you become more available, you become more ready. Life then, God gives you more. If you are seeking greater health, wealth, and happiness, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the number one holistic health podcast in the world. Now, here's your host, best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and award-winning documentary filmmaker and health researcher, Nathan Crane. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have Natalia Maldonado here. Um, I actually met her a few years ago when I was filming for my uh, Conquering Cancer documentary series because I found out about her breast cancer healing journey and what she did naturally to reverse breast cancer. And it really fascinated me and it made me want to meet her and get to know her. And what I can tell you is she is a, um, a powerhouse, uh, a fireball of energy, a, a deeply loving and caring and brilliant person who um, is inspiring people all over the world to be fitter, healthier, happier, and more spiritually connected. As she's done in her own life, she leads by example. And um, yeah, Natalia, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome to have you. Uh, it's good to see you again and awesome to have you uh, come on the podcast. Oh, it's great to be back. Thank you so much for creating the safe space uh, for people like myself. And uh, my goodness, thank you. Thank you again. It's an honor. Yeah. And I'd love to, I want to dive deep into, I know we talked in the on the documentary series um, about, you know, what you did to, uh, to heal breast cancer. And I'd love to dive into that on this episode as well. Um, but I also, I also noticed you've been doing CrossFit too. So it's, a, it's something we have in common. <laughs> when did you start CrossFit? So what was interesting, um, CrossFit came into our world uh, 2020. Yeah, it, it, it really, um, What's interesting is the journey of healing uh, breast cancer. You go through this, for, for me personally, of um, just completely went, I, for me, I went because if it was holistic, spir spiritual, I, I really stopped doing any kind of weightlifting. Um, I went more like rebounding and yoga and just really, um, I did a lot of movement and affirmations. And I took a gentler approach. I'll never forget one of the, the things that um, that resonated with me. Two things was um, to love myself back to health and um, to give myself permission to be a beautiful mess. And I had this um, 
all my life I had this push go like raw mentality. So I took a softer approach to heal. And then once I really started feeling phenomenal on sprouts and wheatgrass and um, my body started craving weights again. Mm. So of course, uh, it's the wellness warrior fashion. No, we don't just pick up a weight. We go full on with CrossFit. And <laughs> I'll never forget. It was um, it was the beginning of the year. And we basically I called I Googled best CrossFit gym. And at the time we were in Miami and um, got the number. The owner picked up and was like, can you be here tomorrow? And that's how it started. It was uh, it was one of those kind of um, situations where it's perfect timing. It was a beautiful gym uh, and it's what uh, my wife and I really craved. We needed the community. We needed the not knowing what was next, right? The workout of the day it was it was just something different and challenging, really challenging my body. And I drank the Kool-Aid hard. Like <laughs> when I tell you we went full full on we we ended up getting a personal trainer for cross we we had a coach. I wanted to to learn snatch, not be afraid of snatch and and we went to the 5 a.m. I'm a 5 a.m.er. So, <laughs> You're one of those yes, people, huh? <laughs> yes, one of those people. Crazy. So, um it felt really really good. And so then uh we ended up going to CrossFit Games. And, you know, I, I, I got into um, the fittest on earth. I was like, I was studying. Like when I decide to do something, I go all in. And um, so, yeah, so then, and then at, here we are today where we did take a little break because as we learned, CrossFit is not something that we should be doing to uh, every single day for, for my body anyway. I need rest. So it's about balance. So I took a little break. And then um, as we were talking about before earlier, I started CrossFit again by doing a competition. Why not? For fun. <laughs> so um, it's been quite a journey. Uh, CrossFit has a special place in my heart um, for growth, for strength, and also just to, to be, just stay on top of my, my strength, but also endurance, you know? Yeah, that's, um, that's awesome. You know, the thing about CrossFit that I think in terms of you know, I've met other people who have healed cancer or are trying to heal cancer who have also found CrossFit for a lot of the same reasons. The community, the sense of community is mm -hmm. so incredible. You know, having a supportive community of people who care about their health and fitness that you can relate to and hang out with and have fun with. And, you know, we go to the beach. Our, we get our whole, you know, bunch of people from our gym yeah. together. We go to the beach on the weekends and play volleyball. You know, I've made yeah. a good group of friends from our gym. You know, we hang out. We you know, um, we do stuff together and it's like, you know, that sense of community is really, really important. Whether you find it in CrossFit or anywhere, you know, a cancer support group or whatever you're, you're, you're doing in life, finding peers and other people who are on a similar journey or are, you know, similar interests is so important. You know, you find yourself like I went and watched the CrossFit semifinals in Orlando um, just recently and it's like you go there and it's like, man, it's really refreshing to be around thousands of people who really care about fitness and health mm -hmm. and strength. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you look around and you're like, wow, OK, this is like, you know, thousands of people who are into a lot of the same stuff, you know. Um, so that's a really, really important part of it. But also to your point, if you are dealing with a chronic disease, you know, there's a time and place for high intensity. Um, and there's right. a time and place for rest and rejuvenation and, and right. laying off the high intensity. If you have stage four cancer diagnosis, you don't want to be doing high intensity interval training. Right. You know, 
you could do four minutes a day, Tabata style, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. That could be really valuable for you. But with cancer specifically, and even, you know, other chronic inflammatory diseases, you do want to um, allow more time for your body to, to repair and to heal. But you also don't just want to sit around and do nothing, right? Right. You need to move. There's a you need balance. Flush the lymphatic system. There is that, you know, you need to, you need to have some resistance against your body, uh, whether it's bands or, or light dumbbells or whatever, but you need to move. Um, otherwise, the disease is just going to get worse. Right. And I think also whatever, whatever you decide to do is also putting in the time for recovery. Yeah. Like that was one thing I really learned when I first started CrossFit, it was like, I, I had missed that, that challenge. So I was just go, go, go. And then it was also, oh, my body was like, no, we're not doing this again. So it was about putting in that recovery time, the foam rolling, the resting, the hot bath, the cold bath, you know, the ice plunge, the, you know, so it really took me on a journey of, okay, you like to do this. So make sure as much time as you're getting up, I would get up early in the morning. I would warm up because the 5 a.m. So it was crazy. I was like getting up at 345, making sure I was warmed up. <laughs> I would pack wheatgrass for everyone. Like I had my wheatgrass shots for, yeah, it was, it was like, so in Miami, it's a big thing to do like the, the half cafecito, like the coffee, you know, <laughs> quick shot of coffee. I'm like, nope, before coffee, we're doing wheatgrass. So, um, but it was it. It's also important as much whatever the workout is to always put in the recovery time too. Yeah, and that's you know if you go to um, and I cover this in depth in my book and in my masterclass, becoming cancer free. But I mean, if you look at the U.S. Departments of Health and Human Services, their physical activity guidelines, like it's actually a real. It's really well done. It's based in strong science, and it's really the bare minimum. Everybody should be. Um, implementing into their lives. And it's not, and it doesn't say just do cardio uh, right. at, a, at a zone two pace, you know, right. kind of a talking pace for four hours or five hours a week. And it doesn't say just go and lift heavy weights. And it doesn't say just go and do yoga or Qigong or other good balance kind of things. And it doesn't say just go and do, you know, vigorous aerobic activity, like high intensity. It says do all of that. All, of it. all throughout the week and in a good, in a good balance, 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic activity. So that's moderate. That's different for every person. Right. And, and that's per mm -hmm. week. That's kind of like, Hey, you could, you could be jogging or you could be cycling or you could be swimming. You'd be playing tennis, something that kind of gets your heart rate up a little bit, but you're not super, you know, <laughs> super out of breath necessarily. And then it says 75 to 100 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity per week. You could split that up, you know, two, three, four days a week, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes at a time, but something where your heart rate is getting elevated, you know, and then it does talk about muscle strengthening at least twice a week and some kind of balance training a couple days a week. And if you do that and you spread it throughout the week, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be so much better off. Uh, then majority of Americans today who are unfortunately overweight, obese, dealing with diabetes, all kinds of chronic health conditions that are primarily preventable through exercise, uh, whole food plant-based diet, which we'll talk about because I know that's what you um, implemented, right, as part of your cancer healing journey. And, yeah, and, yeah. And then, as you said, recovery, rejuvenation, meditation, you know, practices that help to stimulate a parasympathetic nervous system response. So important. It's, 
it's it's also the balance of knowing because they were when I really started paying attention indoor and outdoor workouts. Mm, yeah, I I, I I started noticing also um, those days where yeah I I, I want to work out high intensity or something, but let's go outside nature. Let's you know and and not everyone has that you know you know we're near a beach and so I was called to like either do a power walk or run or even do a wad, a workout of the day outside, completely outside. Um, I think that balance is important too, to get outside, to connect. Like um, it, it just, there, it, it's a beautiful healing tool to recognize when, when you notice it's great to have a routine, but then also know, Hey, like my body's craving, you know, a, a run outdoors instead of just the gym yeah. inside, yeah. you know? Plus, you're getting that vitamin yeah. D, you're getting the fresh air. You're All of it. The fresh air, yeah. It's so healing, yeah. so rejuvenating. You know, the other end of the spectrum is, is and, and where um, what's interesting to me is, like, because I train so much as a, as a, as a competitive athlete and goals to be even a, a higher competitive athlete, you know, I have to put as much focus – on my recovery and on my relaxation and rejuvenation and all of that as somebody who has cancer, someone who has stage three, stage four cancer, I have to put as much into that because I'm tearing down my body four or five hours a day constantly, you know? So it's like, it's really interesting because, um, I know what it takes to put the time in to really focus on healing your body you know, the saunas, the ice baths, the, the meditation, the morning practices, the, the gratitude practices, the recovery, the, mm-hmm. all of that is so essential. The massages, the acupuncture, the, you know, everything you can do to stimulate a parasympathetic nervous system response is absolutely essential. If you have cancer or any chronic disease, just as essential mm-hmm. as if you're, you know, uh, trying to be or, or are a competitive athlete. You have to put right. in, you know, just as much time into, into it. Um, and at the same time, though, you feel, you feel amazing when you do, you know, you, you feel amazing. And so for you, you were diagnosed with breast cancer, what, in 2019? Is that right? It was, yeah, it was June 2019. Um, my wife had found the lump. And I always say this, um, please make sure foreplay heals. Like if your, <laughs> your partner needs to know your body too, you know? Um, cause she, she, I truly, I say it every day. She saved my life because, um, she felt something. And, um, if it wasn't for her and her, like, no, we have to check this out. I would have been like, oh, it's just my body recovering or whatever. And I would have left it. But, um, I was 39 at the time without like no family history, nothing with cancer. I had gotten into fitness and wellness and all. I was already, you know, coaching women, losing weight with love. And it was, it was far being, having a cancer diagnosis was so far from it. Cause I was so like consumed with being different from my family because we had a history of heart disease, obesity and stroke and everything like that. So um, you were a yoga teacher when, by that point when, already too, weren't you? You were already like, like master yoga. Yeah. Teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just a, a quick backstory. So I was, um, I was in the air force for four years and then, um, I was a New York city police officer for seven. I left being a police officer for yoga. And that was one of the, the jokes where I'll never forget when I told the captain where it's like, all right, so um, I was next to, I was going to get uh, promoted to sergeant. I took the test, passed and everything. And it just, 
long story short, just didn't, just didn't see it. It wouldn't fit, you know, what my, my desire was and it wasn't part of my path. And so when I told my captain, so yeah, um, um, I really want to like do what I love. And I love, I was teaching Bikram yoga at the time, hot, hot yoga in New York city. And, um, he's like, you want to leave the police department for yogurt? And I'm like, <laughs> no, yogurt, yoga. <laughs> for yogurt? So, um, yeah, he's love. like, yoga, that's even worse. I'd be, you yeah, know, you're going yoga. Yeah, like, yoga. Exactly. <laughs> he, he basically, that's basically what he said. He's like, wait, what? Like you're, he sat down, did the numbers. And he's like, do you know what you're leaving? And I'm, and I'll never forget when I was just like, don't you love what you do? He goes, what? No, I don't love what I do. We're not here because we love what we do. And once he said, that, I was just like, you know what? This is not the career path for me. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, so I was teaching Bikram yoga and I traveled around the world. I, I really, I was in it, man. And, and I, I was drinking celery juice. I had already, you know, rebounding, uh, um, doing the wellness coaching. So um, at the time of the diagnosis, I had moved. I was already in Miami and um, uh, my, I moved for love. I, I married my wife and, you know, we were just, we were, things were unfolding. Like I was teaching, leading, feeling good. And um, it was definitely like any, like a cancer diagnosis already is a shock, but uh but yes, receiving that cancer diagnosis um, was heartbreaking because it was a, you know, WTF moment of You're like, okay, how, what, how could am this I doing wrong? Yeah. How could this happen to me? I'm healthy. I'm doing yoga. I'm living a holistic life. Like, how could this happen to me? Yeah. And, and, you know, from, again, my, I wasn't in the cancer conversation because no one in my family had it. So you think from from out an outsider, I was just like, oh, it's lifestyle choices, right? It's you you don't think that you know, or and even one of I'm not forget my best friend was just like, how? Like she was so she, she was in tears not only for the news, but she's like, how? Out of all people, out of us, the group, how? Like how? You know, like mad about it. Um, and um, I, I I've been hearing that a lot. You know, a lot of of wellness people already so doing the meditations and doing everything getting the diagnosis. And so that's why I really dove into the emotional, you know, doing the protocol, the physical protocol. I really, really focused on the emotional aspect, the spiritual and the um, getting just diving deep into the heart stuff, you know, that, that, that aspect of it, that really resonated with me because um, yeah. What do you do when you feel like you're doing all the right things, you know? Hey, I just want to take a quick second and thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you're enjoying it so far. As a special thank you for tuning in to this episode, I want to give you my number one Amazon best-selling book absolutely free. You can go download it right now at becomingcancerfree.com. If you want to learn evidence-based strategies for helping your body become a cancer-fighting machine for not only cancer reversal but cancer prevention, go grab a copy of the book. Again, I'm just giving it to you for free. You can go download it at becomingcancerfree.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, I mean, that's that's what my documentary series, The Missing Link, is all about, is the emotional connection mm -hmm. to chronic disease manifesting in the body. We know how deeply connected and rooted our traumas and our childhood adverse events and our emotions are to a disease like cancer showing up in the body, as well as many other diseases, as well as impacting chronic inflammation in the body and preventing healing and 
you know, we'll, let's talk a little bit about that. But I want to um, ask you beforehand, what was your diet like up until the cancer diagnosis? Like how were you eating um, generally? What was like a typical day? So at the time of the diagnosis, I was plant-based. Like I was still like eating meat here and there, but it was, it was very much – uh, veggies, fruits. I, I, I was on that whole celery juice every single morning. You know, we were juicing. Um, intermittent fasting had already, I already like implemented intermittent fasting. But there was, because cancer takes years it, for us, you know, it takes years to actually get activated and, and for the mass to actually, to, for us to feel it. There was a part of my life where I, I did. <laughs> I did do some bodybuilding and I was, I was that crazy, like eight eggs in the morning, heavy, heavy meat. Like I went through that phase and it was, it was for, it was for a while where I was just focused. I need this certain amount of protein, you know, and it was, you know, for a female, like it was just not, I think back, I was all about tilapia, you know, once you get, you know, you got to cut down whatever tilapia and green beans. And um, so there was a, a part where I, I realized when, you know, when you go back and you're just like, okay, so that I really took, it took a toll on my body in that sense, because I, there were little signs. Like, um, I ended up after the competition between other stressors that was going on, I got knocked out with meningitis in mm. 2015. Right. So meningitis, then I had these crazy, um, under eye, like, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was just so red and burning and, and I, I dabbled in veganism at the time. I dabbled in it. Whenever something like that would happen, I was already in the conversation as a Bikram yogi and, and practicing yoga. I was already in a conversation of like, something is going on with it's, with my body. It's a signal. What do I do? And so I would do a detox, a quick detox. I would do, you know, and then get better and then boom, back at it. You know, um, I was in this space of obsessed with exercise. So I'm like, how, if I'm running a marathon, I'm fueling for the marathon. Oh, my body doesn't feel good. Okay. Then I'll recover. And then I'll go at it again, instead of it being balanced, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 if this happens, then I'll do this. And that, that's a good starting point. It's like, well, I feel like shit. Okay. Let me try a detox. Let me do a, let me do, I was talking to someone at the gym the other day and she came and asked me and she goes, yeah, what, you know, what can I do? Um, cause I want to do a, a detox for like a week and what should I do, you know, for my liver and for protein and stuff like that. Um, she's like, I just want to do plants. And I was like, okay, yeah. So, you know, do this, do this, do that. And, um, you know, she didn't, it, it's like, because there was some gut issues going on and so, and some liver issues. And so it's like, okay, I want to do this detox for a week. And then what do you do at the end of that week? You go back to exactly what you were doing that led to the problem happening anyway, right? So the detox is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you don't make any other changes after that, like at least cut out some inflammatory food, maybe like, you know what, I'm going to cut out dairy uh, for a while and see see how I feel, you know, because dairy is actually – not good for the body at all. There's, you know, plenty of science that supports that fact that it actually pushes IGF one up, increases cancer potential in the body and really has no benefit. You know, we've been lied to from the dairy industry about, yeah, it's good for your bones. It's got great calcium and not really, actually you get more calcium from certain vegetables and beans than you do from dairy and you don't get the side effects from those either, but all right, 
make the change, right? Figure out like, okay, let's take one thing out after this detox and see how I feel. If you go exactly back to the same way that caused the problem in the first place, what do you think is going to happen in a month or two or three or six? You know, you're going to have the same problem again. Um, And so that's kind of what I discovered along the way too, is I do like a 12 day or 14 day fast, you know, just straight vegetable juice or, or, um, you know, different kinds of cleanses and stuff, a master cleanse, that sort of thing was like, that's a pretty mm-hmm. intense one. It's like lemon, yeah. lemon water, the cayenne lemon maple and syrup. maple syrup. And that's <laughs> it. You just walk around. You're, it's so funny. You got like a jug of gallon. Yeah. Gallon <laughs> of this yellow red water mixture. And you just take it everywhere. You take it to the gym, take it to the office, take it everywhere you go. You just drinking this all day long and that's it for days. I did it for weeks, mm-hmm. you know, but it's amazing wow. because I think the longest i this was this is when i was a, a police officer the longest i lasted on that was like seven days it was just like seeing stars i was like all right <laughs> yeah <I guess laughs> and that was just for like a like a cleanse like that yeah. wasn't for health reasons that was just like a challenge you know what's funny sure. is the first cleanse i ever did so it was probably like 2007 a buddy of mine was like hey i'm doing this cleanse uh you want to join me i was like sure what's a cleanse <laughs> I didn't even know. Uh-huh. I didn't even know what it was, but it was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, he's like, oh yeah, we just uh-huh. we just drink this liquid for five days and that's it. I was like, okay, I'm in. But what was crazy was after that five by day four, day five, I was like, I truly felt like my organs were thanking me. I was like, I feel my organs in my body for the first time. Like I can feel my organs differently, and it's it's hard mm. to explain, but it's like they felt good and they were thanking me for like giving them this break from all this toxic shit I was yeah. putting into my body. And so after that, it started to awaken me. I was like, all right, I'm starting researching nutrition and, you know, diets and start going deep down that rabbit hole because it was like, okay, if I felt good, it wasn't the stuff I was putting in. It was, I knew it, I felt good because it was the stuff I was leaving out. Like leaving that made out. the most yep. sense to me. Right. So it's like, all right, so what am I putting in that's causing the problems? And that led me eventually to cutting out all meat, all dairy, you know, going 100% plant-based. We did a 100% raw vegan, my wife and I, when my daughter was born like 12 years ago. We did a 100% raw vegan for a year. And that's really, that's a whole other extreme. That's like, a whole other ballgame, yeah. That's, that's basically what my wife and I did for the two years. From for, 2019, for, 2020, so so it was 2019 to 20, like 2021. Um, I, I got the clearance uh, August of 2021. And so um, straight from Hippocrates, we learned about sprouts. So that was what really helped was, I have to say, while, you know, being in quarantine was absolutely crazy <laughs> at the same time, we were equipped with learning how to grow sprouts and so we went in on growing our own food during yeah. that time, right? So being a raw vegan, but on sprouts and, and we didn't use a dehydrator or anything. It was just everything sprouts, like sprout, sunflower sprouts, we, but we were growing buckwheat pea. We had the whole living room was like, it, it, and so then we, I started like selling it. I was the wheatgrass girl. I was, you know, on the block. And so, um, so yeah, so we were, we were all vegan, but on, on, on sprouts, it was a uh, quite a journey. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. by the way, for people who don't know, you know, there's Hippocrates, the philosopher mm-hmm. known as the father of medicine. When, when 
Natalia just said Hippocrates. She's talking about Hippocrates Health Institute in Florida. Right. You went there as how did you find like what led you? So you had your diagnosis. You obviously already had known a lot about natural health and holistic health. Um, you know, what did the what did the doctors tell you for treatment? And then why did you choose Hippocrates Institute instead of conventional medicine? So what was interesting was um, we, we went the conventional route for like testing, right? So once you get, the, you know, we did the, the mammography, we did um, ultrasound, we did uh, the biopsy, we went all the way to then our, my first meeting with the surgical oncologist was really when we had to pause and like, okay, how do we want to handle this? So again, I was stage one and it was um, according to the oncologist, when the test came out, it was small, slow growing. And so hearing those words were like, okay, this is good. But then it was, you know, and she's an expert. And, and I always say this now, um, while at the time it was really scared for me, she was just doing her job. She basically gave me all the options of the conventional way, right? Let's get it out now. Let's, you know, um, she wanted to do, you know, lymph. She she was talking about like reconstructive just in case. She was talking about radiation. And please remember though, I I had I was already living a, a healthy lifestyle in, in my eyes. So it wasn't like I would I was visiting a doctor often. It wasn't like I was take I was ever taking medication. So all of a sudden to go from really a, a healthy lifestyle to being in this circumstance and the doctor was just like, boom, 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 stats, numbers. It, it was really scary for me. And I didn't feel heard at the moment that I was, you know, letting her know of my lifestyle. And I was asking like, why, like, why is this happening? If, you know, this, and she, you know, her answer was just, well, it's happening to women younger and younger. It, it, it just was, there was a disconnect. And in that moment of so much fear and my, my wife saw me, I was like shaking and I just needed more time. I was like, if it's slow growing, like, let me, let me try another way. And, you know, she, <laughs> she wasn't very excited that I wanted to do a detox or like, you know, she's like, you yogis think, you know, that food heals everything. And the moment she said that, I was like, this isn't for me right now. <laughs> I was like, get me out of here. Um, but blessings her because now I, I understand she was just, this is what she does. This is, this is the study she know, like that's her language. Um, so we left and in that we never went back we never went back and we just prayed and i i think we were like in a supermarket just like all right what are we what are we doing like what's next like where do we go and it was like a download it was so crazy because i remembered i remember i'm like oh my goodness kenya a, a, a very good friend of mine had her husband go to hippocrates now it's called hippocrates wellness at the time it was hippocrates health institute and I was like, there's this place, there's this place that like the, like he went, Kenya's husband went like, so I call Kenya and, and I, you know, I tell her what's going on. But what's crazy is that I said, it's so like, okay, this is what's happening. We hadn't spoken in years. This is what's happening. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. She's like, wait, what? So here she is emotional, but I'm like, I, I need your help. Like there, what happened to Hippocrates? Like how, you know, how did your husband do it? Whatever. So her husband did pass away. He had stage four, but doing the protocol extended his life for like two, three years when the doctors told him he only has six months to live. So that to me is like a no brainer. I'm like, of course, like I'll give, I'll give it, I'll go full on. I'll, you know, try it. So she was the one who planted the seed of like, 
go on, go on Facebook live, like tell your community. So healing for me, number one was asking for help. Mm. That was number one. When, when I recognized that I had to share with my community, I was already known as the wellness warrior and really pausing. And my wife and I, we, we, we had to sit and be like, all right, we have to notify our community that we're going to, we're going to move forward holistically and, and that, yeah, you're sick. And even saying those words, I was just like, oh my God, like, all right, let's do this. And so we found out through, um, through Kenya about Hippocrates wellness. And then it just, we, the more research we did, it just was in alignment. So within two weeks we moved, we got rid of a lot of things. My wife, you know, she was able to my goodness, she made so many lifestyle adjustments just so that we we both we we created a GoFundMe page and um we were in Hippocrates by June 30th, wow. 2019. And um we basically when when I tell you, like I said when I first got there, they're like, we're here to love you back to health. Um those were those those were the words that I needed to hear because again from my background, I just need to feel safe. I needed a moment to kind of like process everything. You know, when you get a diagnosis, you hear everyone else's opinions on what you should do with your, what, you know, this is the way it should be done. So that time at Hippocrates, learning the protocol of the power of, I really started going in on, on holistic food, like the power of life force, real food, you know, and, and the power of growing your own food. But then also that's where I also learned the emotional aspect, even diving deeper, you know, they had therapy there. There was, you know, there was just so many different components that for three weeks, we were there for three weeks, um, that brought my wife and I even closer together. You know, there was, there was, uh, lots of colonics and enemas. <laughs> we can go there. <laughs> um, and wheatgrass everywhere. And, um, and that's really was Hippocrates wellness was the foundation. I, I, I took it as, I took it as it felt really good, like in my soul. And I think that's, that's really what I, I, I share with my clients. And whenever I get to, to share about the story about this is like finding your formula, finding your formula, like what's going to work, what makes you feel safe and that you can move forward in joy. And that's, and that worked for me. Like I thoroughly enjoyed growing my sprouts. I, I would take in the, I was the girl, I was, it's, it's a 52 acre um, space, Hippocrates Wellness. I was that bouncy girl. Like, yes, I was diagnosed with cancer, but oh my goodness, we're going to dance and we're going to have this wheatgrass and it's going to go through our body. Now I had a wheatgrass dance for everybody. Like, can you do this? Can you show up and joy through it all, right. do this right. scary diagnosis? And so I think the, all of it, the, all of it was, was the healing process, you know, but that was my foundation. Hippocrates Wellness was where it started. Hey, I just want to pause a second and ask you, are you enjoying this episode so far? Are you getting good value from this content? If so, then I know you're going to absolutely love Healing Life. At HealingLife.net, you get exclusive and premier access to hundreds of the top world's doctors, experts, cancer conquerors, and survivors. Exclusive interviews that I have done with all these experts and doctors uh, that are not available for free online. They're only available at healinglife.net. So not only do you get access to all of those, but you actually get to speak with these doctors and experts and ask them any question you want about health and healing. And this is available exclusively to Healing Life members. You can try it out for free. 
Go to healinglife.net and you can start your free trial there. And uh, whether you're interested in learning more about detox or cancer, diet and nutrition and nutritional science, about diabetes, about heart disease, autoimmune disease, anti-aging, longevity, all of these topics are covered in depth and more are continuing to be added at Healing Life. And again, you get to talk to these doctors yourself. So I invite you to set up a free trial at healinglife.net and I hope to see you over there. Now, let's get back to the show. Well, the bravery and the courage and the intelligence that it took for you, someone who's already seen as, you know, a leader to a community in in a health space to come out and say, "Hey, I have this diagnosis." Like the bravery and courage and intelligence, right? It takes intelligence to, to know that like, hey, this is the right thing to do. It takes an inner wisdom, an inner intelligence to not hold it inside and say, oh, no, I'm going to get judged. I'm going to, people won't follow me anymore. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose a lot of fear, right? Those thoughts, I'm sure you had the mm -hmm. thoughts. I mean, that's yeah. natural to have the thoughts. And the discernment and the wisdom and the intelligence comes by going, okay, yep, I see that fear. I see those thoughts. But as you said, I need help. I need to ask for help. And this is my reality. You can never solve a problem or a challenge in your life or your health until you fully accept what you're dealing with, right? And so co coming out and saying, hey, to my health community, I'm having a health problem, right? And you're supposed to be the healthy one, the leader, what, and whatever. Yeah. And then coming out and saying, I have a health problem, like, I think it's the smartest thing you could have done. And, and I'm sure you got way more support than you could have anticipated. Um, yeah, because when you're, since years. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Because when you're, when you are transparent about what's going on with yourself and you are dealing with the challenge, people actually show up for you in a really, really wonderful way. And the people who don't show up for you, well, they can go on their own way. You know, <laughs> you don't need them in your right. life anyway. Yeah. It's like, okay, if they're not going to show up for you when you're down, then, then why, why would you want them around? Right. And then I learned also the people who quote unquote didn't show up or a lot of them was fear. It right. was, it was that they, it was a version of their love that they were. And, and I include that. And my mom knows like my mom was one of them. Like she, she's like, she, hypocrites you're going to hypocrites. Like, what is that? <laughs> like she was so mad, so mad at me, like, because she didn't want me to die. You know, and, and so I had a temporarily and, and God, that's the other part of having like who, whoever you choose, your life partner may, may, if you're dating, who, if you're watching this, you're dating someone, may, may you really think about, are you with a life partner that's there through thick and thin through the mud? And, and I have to say, my wife did everything with me, you know, and this tough, she's like this tough, you know, uh, we call her Juven, she's half Jewish, half Cuban, and, and she, tapped into that side where it was really scary. She didn't know either. Like there was no stats. She's a number. There's no stats to like if wheatgrass and sprouts and, you know, fasting, water fasting and cold. It, there's no, you know, you can read about it and you hear these amazing stories, but like um, there was, there were so many scary moments. So I always think back to like the people who were, who were against the protocol that I chose. It was out of, a lot of it was out of fear. And, um, and it was a temporary, like I, part of my principles, my love principles is like, at, sometimes you have to temporarily let go of people because they may not see the vision you have, but if it's your vision, if it's your dream, whether if it's, you know, it, 
something that, and that for me was really important. I have to set boundaries temporarily so that I can just do what I have to do. Cause this feels, this feels right. It was just in alignment. And if I would have listened, if I would have done it any other way, if I would have been like, I'm doing this because it's just no good. I, I truly believe that. Like as long as every decision I made, I consulted God, spirit, angels, I prayed on it and made choices from courage. And that's, that's, that's my, my, that's what I do every single day. I choose love. Like, how can I, how can I sit and, and really connect to what's in alignment, my thoughts, my actions, my words, and that's how I make choices. Mm. I remember when we last spoke, uh, two, three years ago, um, I think it's been a couple of years already. Yeah. Yeah. It has yeah. Been time, time is flying that you, you <laughs> told me you feel like your cancer was, was, um, more emotional than anything. And mm-hmm. at, and, and you mentioned a little bit earlier in this interview too, that like the emotional healing part has been essential for you. And yeah. you know, you, you got to dive into a lot of that into kind of the therapy and the different practices that you experienced at, at Hippocrates. But what, what was the emotional part that you, if you don't mind sharing that you, what was the emotional journey you went through that healing process that you went through what did that look like and what did the other side of it look like so it was it was i really dove into like louise hay um she has the heal your body the little blue book and um i had always followed her and i'll never forget opening the blue book and under cancer it says you know grief deep hurt pain and then under breasts, anything going on with the breasts, it says over nurturing, right? Over nurturing of others, putting yourself last. And so following, really diving deep in any therapy session or anything that I did, really diving deep into different traumas that, you know, that has happened in my life. So I made a clear decision of I'm going to heal my heart. I'm going to take the caution tape off. I'm, and and like I said, um, one of the nurses there in Hippocrates Wellness, she was just like, "All right, this is, this is, this is not the time to to all of a sudden like you, to try to." Because I remember sitting down on the nurse like, "I'm ready. Whatever you guys have to do, I was you know gonna follow through." Da da da. Um, but she's like, "This is your time to give yourself permission to be a beautiful mess." And in that, I relaxed and made made that decision to dive deep into the hurt of past experience. And one of them was. Um, did I truly, truly heal and grieve, you know, uh, my first marriage, right? So one of them was unfortunately, you know, my first marriage ended up where um, he took his life and he rest in peace. And um, there was trauma around that, that I moved forward with exercise. I over-exercised. I, I pushed through. I, I didn't really sit and grieve the separation, the divorce, the all the feelings, all, you know, that comes with it. Um, I just moved forward and I realized that hurt was still there. Like that pain was still there. It was, it was an energy, a vibration. I feel that was kind of like stuck. And this was an opportunity for me. This wake up call was like, let's do it. Let's ugly cry. Let's, I mean, really go in and then backtrack. Like then I had abandonment issues with my father and there was just so many layers unpeeling of the onion that I 
went fearlessly in. I mean, healing circles and in my therapy, EMDR, like just uh, just constantly open. I was an open book. I'm like, let's do it. Let's talk. Let's get raw about it. There's, I want to live. You know, I want to live, and. I don't believe chopping off my breast for me personally was going to completely heal. It could have temporarily done whatever, but I want to live like I want to live a fulfilling life. I want to live with love and I want to lead with love. I want to live a passionate life. So let's do this. And in that was some really dark, dark moments of facing, you know, betrayal, abandonment, all those those things that we run away from. This cancer was my teacher to just face it. And I didn't have to do it alone, you know? Yeah, that's so powerful. With your, fir- with your first marriage, your husband, did you take on some of that blame? Do you feel like you took on like some of the responsibility for him taking his life? So at the time um, when he took his life, we were already separated. We had uh, our marriage was um, annulled. And um, we were together for for four years, but the marriage was so short. Um, there was just so much. Now, you know, when you look back, you're just like so many things, little red flags here and there. But um, I'll never forget there was a call. He was in the psych ward. And this was the moment where I really had to go in and heal from was he was in the psych ward and he calls me and begs me to come pick him up. Please come pick me up. I'm so sorry for everything. He, he just, um, oh, he was, he was asking and craving for help. And at the time, my response as aching as it was, was like, this is no longer my role. This is no longer my role. I couldn't get pulled into it. I couldn't, I was still healing. I was still, we were, it was a mess. And, um, in that, I always remember that because then fast forward life, he made his own choices. He made, you know, he did certain things and, and um, he ended up taking his life and then such a deep guilt sat with me Yeah, because I was like, what if, right? What yeah. if? Yeah. And I, I recognize that and, for a long time, I kept telling myself, no, like, you know, when, you know, and, and I have to say um, that time in my life, re- that's when I got clo- really close to seeking out angels and seeking out because there was anger with it. Cause I'm like, I was so angry. Like, that's not fair that, you know, I, I can never, I'll never be able to talk to him and understand where do we go wrong? Like in my head, I was just, you know, when we separated and everything went down, I was just like, we'll figure it out. And you, you, there'll be one day that we'll sit and talk and we'll be able to like, but the idea that he took his life, I was just like, how does he give up? Like, I was mad at him. I was mad at God. There was anger. There was guilt. There was so many different things. And um, and while I, I, I started seeking out, like I started that journey of seeking out to talk. How do I talk to the dead? Basically, how do I find closure now that he's gone? Um, but that didn't last. The hurt was too, you know, this was right when, when that happened. And there was just so much pain around it with the families. It was pain. It's that I just ended up just, you know, you know what? I'm strong enough. I got this. And I ended up just like over-exercising and doing, like I said, but, um, I have to say, yeah. So layers, you know, they say, 
uh, cancer is also, you know, layers of resentment, guilt, you know, and, and, and the more I unraveled and pulled the layers back, it was all there. It was all there. How long do you feel it took you through therapy, EMDR, healing circles? Like how long was that healing process for you before you started to feel like, hey, things are starting to shift now and letting go some of this guilt and letting go some of this blame and judgment and and uh, starting to feel a little more free, like some of that burden was lifted off your shoulders. Was that pretty quick for you to take weeks, months, years? I think I, I have to say years because, you know, there's, there's always a constant, you know, like little triggers that would happen just when you think, I'm like, yeah, you know, little, little moments and of, of reminders or, or um, in even while the healing process was happening from cancer, you know, things, my wife was a mirror to certain times where maybe um, things would come up of, of that were triggering that um, especially abandonment, you know, like little abandonment issues of, of not being chosen, right. Or, or um, the good enough, like this, this, this feeling, am I good enough now that I'm, I'm not, oh my goodness, now that I'm, I'm sick and I'm not feeling well, like, is she going to leave me? Like all these little things mm. would come up, you know, while I'm in this healing process. And um, I, I have to say it, it, it took years. Now there's this, I call it my after, you know, after breast cancer life where it's, it's an activated life. It's a, it's a, a knowing, it's a knowing that I am enough. It's a knowing that I'm worthy. It's this like, raw I don't know how to explain it <laughs> that life life is just it feels different yeah. I don't sweat the small stuff and yeah. um if you want to I always say I'm like if you want to come into my world join me or judge me I don't care do what you got to do boo -boo, right like right. <laughs> um and, and for a long time it wasn't like that and so unfortunately I have to say it didn't happen overnight it it, it did take some deep Healing. And, and of course, I still see a therapist like I'm not sleeping on this. Like I'm, I, I am staying on top of it because life can, you know, I even think about like I, it's my mom. I'm an only child. So it's my mom and it's my, my grandmother. And I have moments I'm just like, oh, my goodness, my grandmother's 92. I have I've, I haven't like, oh my God, what's going to happen the day she leaves this earth? So I have a therapist on speed dial like I'm constantly working like, you know, I, I, so to answer your question, it's a, it's an ongoing unfolding, but it is different now. My outlook in life, even, even more than ever. Um, I do feel free. I do feel that peace. Um, I do, um, his name, my, my ex-husband and, and, and Brittany knows my, my wife. I do call on Jose. Like, um, I do feel like he's an angel for me, a guardian angel along, you know, my, my grandfather and my father have passed also. So there's, there's definitely, um, things that, what used to keep me contracted. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, all right, I'm an open book. Let's go. You know, like, it's okay. It's all good. It's part of this beautiful human experience, this classroom of life. Yeah. I, I asked you that. Cause I, you know, I feel like we need to talk about these kinds of things more often in our society. And also, um, for all ages of all people, young people, older people, elders, it's like therapy seems a little taboo. Like people don't want to talk about it. They think it's for crazy people or whatever. And it's, 
It's the best thing you can do for yourself in your life, you know, is finding and trying all different kinds of mental, emotional healing practices mm -hmm. and, and experimenting with them and seeing what you like and seeing what works for you and, and noticing and experiencing the results of it. Because just like we train our bodies at the gym, we have to train our minds and emotions. Just like we heal our bodies, we have to heal our minds and our emotions if we want to be free, if we want to be happy, if we want to live a good life, if we want to not worry about what everybody else is thinking about us all the time and, you know, stressed out all the time and anxious and afraid and, and resentful and angry, like all the things I see in so many people today that seem totally normal to, to our society, depression, anxiety, constant fear, anger, judgment, resentment, blame, guilt, as a normal part of a day-to-day -day mental, emotional, you know, psychosocial experience for most people is not our natural state of being. I, I do not believe that. I believe our natural state of being is joy, is health, is happiness, is love, is kindness, is gratitude. And yes, it's, it's totally okay and normal to get upset, to feel jealous to have some anger, but right. not to be living in that every day of right. our lives, you know, and I, and I speak from experience because as a lost teenager addicted to drugs and alcohol, I was resentful. I was angry at the world. I was lost. I was, you know, um, in fights all the time. I was looking for people to fight with, you know, and I was looking for, um, you know, I was constantly just angry and, and full of rage. And underneath that, you know, I had this huge ego, but underneath that ego is insecurity. Underneath that ego is self-doubt, right? It's like ex ex exuding un unbelievable amounts of confidence to the point where it's cockiness. But under that, it's actually yeah. self-doubt and it's insecurity and it's someone who doesn't love themselves, and in fact, probably someone who hates themselves. And right. that is suffering. That's suffering. It's human suffering that I, I don't, um, having gone through that extensively, it's a very painful experience in life. And there's another side of that. There's a, there's a, there's a life well beyond that where 80% of your day, 90% of your day, you can be happy, peaceful, content, joyful, feeling good about yourself. You know, could you get there a hundred percent of the time? Possibly. Do I think, um, you know, I can't, I can't say it cause I'm not there a hundred percent of the time, but I'm there 90% of the time, 95% of the time I'm getting closer to a hundred percent. You know, I still have my moments and my things, but it's all because of years of meditation, deep reflection, all the things you're talking about you know, healing circles, emotional healing, therapy, hypnotherapy, qigong, yoga, breath work, you name it, all of these amazing emotional healing practices are incredible, not only in your case, as you see, where you were able to completely reverse a cancer diagnosis by healing emotionally and, and you know, improving your diet and lifestyle and the different things that you've done, but as you so eloquently speak about is you know, you're so much more free now. And that's what it is, right? It's, it's freedom. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, uh, also a huge part of it was 
making that decision. This is your belief system in life, right? Your outlook in life. And and I remember really diving. I had the book. Have you um, you heard of uh, A Course in Miracles? A Course in Miracles. Have yep. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had that so I I when I was when I was homeless for the second time in my life, and I was couch surfing and kind of living in and out of my car. I was in San Diego, California. I had just gotten sober. I'd been sober for I don't know a a while, a year or something. And and in the back of my trunk of my car, all I had in there was like a bag of some clothes. I had. Um, like a tire iron and some, you know, trash. And then I had the whole series of the books of A Course in Miracles. And it was, you know, that's all I had in the trunk of my car at that time. But, Wait, did you understand it when you first read it? No. Like, I mean, yeah. par- parts of it, but a lot of it was like, I mean, I started reading it when I was like 20 years old. And, and I had just oh, wow. like been on like a spiritual path for maybe like two years. And so a lot of it was like way over my head yeah so same here so i i had it i think at 2014 and and the reason why i was introduced to it was marion williamson yep. and um every time i opened it, i was like i don't get it i don't get it i don't get it and then it was like there i was asking for a miracle i'm like i better get like i need to open this book and get it and <laughs> I'll never forget, um, I really dove deep into, at first I tried to just read it like a book, but then I was like, let me do the lessons and Marianne Willington. And I found like people who were able to, on YouTube, my virtual mentors, um, to bring like this book into life. And I'll, Mm. I'll never forget a prayer where I was like, okay, I made this decision. I'm accepting my diagnosis. Cause that was one thing that was also part of my healing was, I can be super positive mental attitude. Like I can don't leave home without it, PMA. But when shit hits the fan, like it's okay to recognize this sucks. Like exactly. it's okay to say it out loud. It's okay to just be like, no, this moment really sucks. And what was interesting was that also was part of my healing. Like, this is really scary. I have no idea if what I'm doing is gonna work, but I believe in my heart that this is the path I'm choosing and I'm going to have a healing, whole, happy outcome. Like, I believe it. Now, show me the tools. And one of the prayers in A Course in Miracles, I believe it's a chapter two. It's like, dear God, show me. Show me where I need to go today. Show me what I need to do. Show me who do I need to talk to and what do I need to say? And it can be whatever, to heal, to fulfill my divine destiny. And I still, to this day, I'll, I'll say every morning. And I and I truly believe I was like led to those beautiful moments of the perfect conversation or the perfect book that came up with that open mind of, all right, this is the path I'm choosing and adding in that prayer and staying open to what, you know, what would come my way or, or these, these blessings. I would have these, like, they call it, you know, these holy instants or holy encounters that only if you're in that space of a positive outlook, knowing the reality, but you have a positive outlook that you stay open. Right. And, and I truly, I truly believe that. And what you're saying is just like, no, I, I get it. You know, uh, I'm not, no, I'm not always blissful, high energy. Like there's some really sucky moments, but if the belief system is there, this is what I believe. And this is the outcome, man, life is just different, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, you know, that's stage one of healing. Anything is, is radical acceptance. Like we have to fully it's number one is become aware that there's a problem. Number two is fully accept that problem. 
right? If you don't, if you're not aware of it, there's nothing you can do. It's like someone tells you, you know, hey, why are you always like this? You're always saying this, always behaving that, this way. No, I'm not. I'm not like that. You know, why are you so stubborn? You're so stubborn. You never listen. No, I'm not. I'm out of here, right? Like, Right, right. If you're yeah. never like even aware of the problem, there's nothing you can do. Okay, so you're aware of it. Yeah, I'm stubborn or I'm, you know, uh, addicted or I'm this or I'm that. Okay. Awareness is not the same as acceptance. Acceptance is step two, which as you were just talking about, it's mm. like that radical acceptance of, okay, I am this way. I am always, you know, egotistical or afraid or judging people or blaming, or feeling guilt, or, yeah, I do have that a lot. I experience that a lot. You know what, this is, and part of that acceptance can lead you to, you know, it's like, it's this, um, it's a really interesting thing that happens in your physiology, if, if you can relate to it, anybody tuning in as well, where like, when you fully accept something that maybe you've been denying, like, it's, it's, it's both scary and freeing at the same time. It's like, oh, okay, I am that way. You know what? That's it's totally true. Shit, this sucks. <laughs> you know, it's like, but okay, now that I know and I accept it, I'm not denying it. I'm not trying to push it away. I'm not trying. It's like now that I accept that I behave this way or have these actions or do this thing or lie about things or whatever. It's like, okay. You know, like I used to be a compulsive liar when I was a kid because I'd always get in trouble. And so you're always in trouble all the time. You don't want to get in trouble. You make stuff up so you don't get in trouble. Well, you do that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Eventually, 16, 17, 18 years old, it's like, you know, you lie about things you don't need to lie about. It's just automatic. It becomes a behavioral pattern, right? So I had to like untrain myself from lying and, and like fully commit myself to you know, what's the opposite of that? Truth. The opposite mm-hmm. of lying is truth. So fully commit myself to deeply loving the truth, seeking the truth, desiring the truth, speaking the truth, thinking the truth. So it's like, what is the truth? People go, oh, well, there's my truth and her truth and his truth. Yeah, to some degree, <laughs> but in every situation, there is always a core truth. It's like, this is the truth, right? It's like, you're denying this thing or you're judging this person. That's a truth. You're judging them, right? Like there's always a core truth in any situation. There's core truths of the universe. There's core truths of our, you know, of of physics, of our bodies, of how, you know, we believe things. Accepting, it's like that full radical acceptance of the truth. And then when people go there, what happens a lot of times is they get stuck in the acceptance and then into a negative spiral. I am terrible. I always do right. act this way. I can never do things right. I, and they get in this negative spiral. And that's, that's where you need to avoid. You need to avoid that pit of hell, of negative, you know, that, that, that spiral of negativity and go, okay, I do accept. Now, what can I do about it? Now I need to right. be proactive. Now I need to find a solution. Now I need to solve this. Now, 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 right? It's like now, right. as you said, your PAM, your positive, your PMA. What do you- oh, PMA, yeah, positive mental attitude. Don't now leave home without it. Now you kick that in and go, all right, let's solve this. Yeah. Let's figure this out. Let's get better. Let's heal this. You know, let's get help. Let's find solutions. Right. Yeah. And that gets scary because that also means you may be 
letting go a life that you've been used to, right? Exactly. An environment, people, friends, right? There's, there's that. It's done it multiple times. We've done it multiple yeah. times, and it is scary, and it's but it's necessary. You know, Very if you necessary. have friends that you notice that are, it's like, hey, if I stick with them, I'm going to keep doing these drugs and drinking yeah. and partying. It's yeah. like it's not their fault. I don't blame. I didn't blame them, but it was like, look, if I stay with them, I'm going to keep doing these behaviors. I have to let them go and move right. on and find other people who are better influences that I can learn from, you know, cause I didn't have, it was like, I didn't have the, the resources inside of me at that time to be the leader I needed to be in that group. Right. So it's like, right. I need to go find other people that I can learn from who can lead me into mm-hmm. a better direction. And sometimes that's what we need to do. And it is hard, but Oh my God, it is so worth it. It is worth it. It It, it is worth it. And isn't that life like different it's just different layers different sometimes when i'm just when i get downloads and the next project that'll either test me you know um it's another layer of like oof, i gotta face that okay and and uh it's interesting um so there's these two therapists uh i have a few where one is like one is he connects with angels with me and he talks like he's able to talk that language and and there's one that is love and everything is surrounded by he does a course in miracles and then there's this one that is about tough love and i was avoiding this therapist for a really long time people kept recommending him and i was just like man and they kept saying he's tough he's and i was like avoiding because i'm like I don't want to hear like the tough part, you know, like I just want love right now. Right. So finally, I really want to write a book, right? Like this has been in my soul and, but it's for some reason I'll do videos. I can, I can, man, do podcasts. Something happens when I put pen to paper and I start writing. So I'm like, I'm going to see Andy. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going for it. This is some next level shit, right? So I go see him and he's like, where have you been? I, people tell me you're on the camp. He's, this is a Hippocrates um, therapist. And, and um, I've been waiting to see you. And I'm just like, I've honestly been scared. I've been scared because I feel like you're going to tell me like it is. And and in this part of my life, I, I'm ready. I'm finally ready. And uh, I said, I want to write a book and I don't know what's blocking me. So let me hear it. And he's like, okay. So we start talking and he, I go into like a part of a, um, a chapter in my life with my father and a band, like just diving really deep into that. Um, and he starts his senses of saying, do you mind if I add a little salt into your wound? And I'm like, all right, I'm ready for it. And he just starts going into another layer of forgiveness. I'm big, big, big on forgiveness every single day, forgiving, forgiving, forgiving the prayer of Ho'oponopono. And then he says, have you ever thought of, <laughs> have you ever thought of asking your dad for forgiveness? Now, quick backstory. Um, again, always layers of healing. Um, my father chose drugs. That's why I'm bringing this up. He, 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 my mom raised me single, you know, single mom. His parents also helped in raising me. I'm an only child, only grandchild. My dad decided to go, you know, he plagued by a disease of, you know, he kept, he was connected to drugs and, um, he ended up passing away a a lonely death. And, um, and he tried reaching out 
when I was 16 years old and he ended up at, like showing up for my sweet 16 out of nowhere. And I had this like badass attitude, like, what are you doing here? You know, I get, you know, the Bronx came out and he's like, you know, <laughs> yes, the neck, you got to warm up for that. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> and so, um, in this therapy session, I'm going over this and, and I'm, and he's like, are you, did you forgive your dad for, for, you know, not being there? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I already went through all this. This can't be my block. And then he goes, have you asked your dad for forgiveness? And I was like, excuse me, did, why do I need to ask my dad for forgiveness? <laughs> right? That, I was like, hold up. <laughs> there's that ego. And he goes, what? Ask my yeah, dad for forgiveness? What did I ever do that mother? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so he goes, hear me out. He's like, hold on, hear me out. And I just, I share this story just because there's always layers, layers of healing. He's like, hear me out. What if here your father is, he's, he went to see you. He may have, you know, trying to stay clean. He's, he already knows your mom is mad. He feels, you know, rejected by his parents, whatever. And here he has this little girl about to have, you know, her psychic scene. He wants to be part of it. He wants to feel accepted. And you, you know, shut him down. What if in that moment we can change the story? And, and what if, like, what if maybe you wouldn't have been so hard on him and you would have been like, you know, you know what? I can't let you come to the party, but I would love to have lunch for you. Just softer. Just, just hear me out. And I'm just like this with my arms closed. And I'm just like, I'm, yeah, I'm hearing you. And he's like, <laughs> just what if there's a little bit of layer of guilt that you're lingering on to? So what if we change the story and just kind of like, ask your dad for forgiveness and like, look, this is how I handled my anger at the time. And this is how, you know, I felt like I had to move forward and protect my mom. And, but I love you, dad. I love you. And, and he goes, he, he made it, he made sure I knew as a 16 year old, I, you know, I did what I knew to protect myself and my family. But just what if here I am at 43 years old, ready, like I feel free, I'm saying, but there's obviously something blocking me. What if there's this little bit of guilt of like, damn, I wish I would have had a better relationship with him. I shouldn't have. So he's like, just see what happens energetically. If you were to ask him for forgiveness of like, hey, dad, I'm sorry I didn't seek you out. Hey, dad, I'm sorry. And so when I first tried it, it was like, so fake. I was like, dad, I'm sorry. And then he goes, no, 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 no. He's like, really mean it. So anyway, fast forward, we practiced that for a little bit. And do you know, all layers of forgiveness, like it is so healing. It is so freeing. And it wasn't to say that I was wrong at the time. It was, it's just, it was a slither. It was a slither of like, damn, yeah, I, I, I wish I would have had a, a, a better relationship with my dad. I wish I would have been more understanding and patient, you know, with him. And, you know, what I know about drugs now and the power, the grasp it has, I know my, you know, my mom, she protected me and, and my family protected me from him. And it was what happened, happened. But man, now my relationship with my dad, now that he's passed away, he's my superhero because he mm -hmm. can be there whenever, you know, and, and there's no, like, there's just like no resistance. There's just like, I love my dad. I love my dad. And I'm sharing the story, I guess, just to reiterate all layers, just constant healing and layers. And that was part of an acceptance that I had to say out loud. Yeah, there was a little bit of still like bitterness and guilt. That was left over. That's why I say when you ask me, like, you know, at what point did it take? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's it's a con it's constant. Yep. It's like constant layers peeling away the onion. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing.
that story. I mean, I can feel the love for your dad now, which is amazing because so many people, you know, had traumatizing experiences with their parents. And, you know, I did as well. And many of them don't ever get to refeel that love for their parents, maybe ever in their lives for the first time or re ignite that feeling of love for their parents. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able a beautiful place to be able to get to. And it is all about forgiveness. You mentioned Ho'oponopono. It's the Hawaiian practice of, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. I practice it all the time, right? It's a powerful mm -hmm. prayer that you can say. And it's not just saying it, it's when you're actually saying it and you say it over and over and over again, you know, I'll make a, uh, I'll make a mistake in how I, I'm raising my children and I notice it right away. And it's like, I'll, I'll go right into that practice, you know, like I'll let's say I get angry, like it, in a situation where, Hey, maybe I didn't need to get angry or impatient or whatever. And it's like, Hey, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Love you. Thank you. Sometimes I say it to him directly. Um, most of the time it's just inside yourself. You practice yeah. it inside yeah. yourself. Right. And it's like, you feel each of those words as you're saying it and you picture and you visualize it. And it's incredibly healing. And we do, we need to forgive others, even just the energy of them, not yeah. necessarily just for them, but for ourselves because it's hurting us, right? It's killing us on the inside and we need to forgive ourselves too. I'm reminded of Dr. Keisha Ewers, um, a friend and colleague of mine who, um, She's been in a number of my summits and I've gotten to know her over the last few years, an incredible person who uh, had a breast cancer diagnosis pop up literally within a really short time, like less than a few months after she found out that the babysitter that she hired for her son was molesting her son. And she didn't find out till years later, he told her son told her and boom, she just, took on this massive amount of guilt, blame, and shame for herself. And fortunately, she also has, you know, been deep into spiritual and mental emotional practice for such a long time that she knew. So, so within months, boom, breast cancer tumor, literally, boom, just popped up. And she knew exactly what it was. She's like, it's all this guilt and shame and blame I'm feeling. So the only, the only thing, I say the only thing, but it's like sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is she went into a really deep forgiveness practice for him and for herself. And within three months, yeah. tumor was gone. Like that I fast, it. it was gone. Yeah. Very similar yeah. to your case, right? Where to your story where it's like we hold this, you know, emotional energy gets trapped in the body. We know scientifically it's stored as neuropeptides. Neuropeptides lead to chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation causes cancer. So we know there's a direct cause, a direct link from emotional trauma and childhood adverse events directly into our physiology that leads to chronic inflammation, could lead to cancer and all kinds of other chronic issues, but also to behavioral addictions and behavioral patterns that lead to diabetes and cancer and autoimmune disease and neurodegenerative disease. So we do that deep work, that healing emotional work. And all of a sudden, boom, body goes, Hey, I got this stuff cleared out of me. Now I can do what I'm designed to do, which is heal and regenerate and thrive, uh, which is what you've been able to do, which is just incredible. Um, and you're inspiring many other people around the world to, to 
you know, live their highest versions of themselves and to, to heal and to thrive. Um, and it's, it's totally, totally possible for anybody going through a challenging time. That's what I think is so important for people to know and to hear that, you know, there's always hope. There's always possibility. There's always an opportunity to turn things around right now. It's like it literally takes a second to change everything, right? But it takes that second of commitment and then to stick to it. Yeah, and I think also it's it's about – because once you make that decision, right, especially with your colleague, she, you know – saying that, that recognizing it and and but then following through also means like setting boundaries right to to go through a, a journey like that when you're choosing you know a spiritual and emotional journey there's going to be times you're, you you are going to have to like be isolated you are going to have to really take care of yourself in a sense of voicing your truth saying no to things that you know that i that i find your your environment may not be used to you saying no and and especially with breast cancer um, what I've seen is women get so obsessed when, when, when I, especially on campus and like, okay, exactly what time did you take the wheatgrass and the green juice? And I get so caught up in right. that, right? Where I'm like, yes, this is what I did in the physical realm. But at the same time, are you really happy? Like, are you in a job that you love? Are, are you, you know, are you in a marriage that you love? Or, or, and if not, are you working on Like those things matter. And to voice your truth of your needs can you authentically speak up? And and that was a huge component for me too, of, of being able to speak my truth, you know, authentically and fully and, 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 and being okay with like, I don't feel like going blank. I no, no, you know, without an explanation that word, no, no, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, um, I think that's also part of the healing too, of, of creating, making the decision and then creating these, the space to set these boundaries, these healthy boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as we kind of wrap up here, I know we're running short on time. I did want to ask you about your, uh, when you went to Hippocrates, you went to raw diet, raw vegan diet, right? Yeah. Are you raw still vegan. raw mm-hmm. vegan or what's your diet like now? No, no, um, not raw vegan. Um, I have my moments where, I do like my, my, a week of just raw vegan and, and my body craves it and I listen, but no, I'm whole food, plant-based. I like to say I eat real food. I still, I don't grow my sprouts. Um, we moved to West Palmer. So we have, um, Hippocrates right here. We also have this other, uh, amazing sprout place, place that I'm affiliated with. So, um, I get my sprouts from them. I'm very, very blessed and lucky. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so it's it's mainly just whole food, plant based. I I still yeah. um yeah I added in some cooked foods and uh, just and I'm always praying over my food, blessed over my food because the other thing you learn is like the environment, right? What they're putting in our foods. Even when exactly. you can eat healthy and you're eating out and you can eat, you know. But it, it's one of those things where I, I never want to live in fear, right? Like you never want to get to a place where no, I can't do that because it causes cancer. Da, da, da. So. Anytime, like anytime I'm eating, I just, um, I bless my food, um, chew slowly. It's, it, I really, really am, like I said, just activated in, in everything and pausing more and looking at food as, oh, as fuel. Like this is, um, one of my friends, his, um, Mike, uh, Perrine, he, he always says, he's like, if your food is not helping you shit, <laughs> he's like, don't eat it. 
<laughs> right? So I'm like looking at food like that, like, oh, is it is it going to help my digestive system? And is it, you know, um, so yeah, so so I am, I do not eat raw vegan anymore, but uh, I do so every so often. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I don't think raw is, raw is incredibly healing. And, and if, you know, you want to do it properly, it's like you don't want to go on an all fruitarian diet necessarily. But um, raw vegan is like incredibly healing. And, and I think it's worth anyone trying for a short period of time, weeks to months yeah. to maybe a year. But I, I don't think it's a sustainable diet. I, I really don't. I think yeah. we need cooked beans. I think we need some, some warm food. If you go to Ayurvedic medicine, it's like certain, yes. especially the colder months, having warmed or cooked food. You know, there's certain potatoes and things that are really, you know, nutritious and healthy for you and cook them up. And yeah. Delicious. Like even in raw, you know, we had a dehydrator, so we dehydrated tons of stuff. So you're still heating it, you know, preserving the enzymes, obviously. But, you know, there is something to be said about, especially if you're an athletic person, like making sure you're getting right. enough cooked beans and, and, you know, the beans are essential. I'm big on sweet potatoes. I love sweet my potatoes. Sweet potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Just I bake love, a sweet yeah. potato, a little bit of sea salt on there. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so good. It's, it's, and it's so simple. I think sometimes we overcomplicate um, recipes and trying to, and I get it. Like if we want, uh, to try new things, but if, if we just look at the simplicity of what's provided for us, I think, um, I think food is, is, is beautiful. You know, I really, I love going to farmer's markets. I love going and, and smelling and look at the colors. A lot of times I'll even play around with chakras, like, all right, what foods are orange? Cause I want to be more creative or what foods I, um, I love, I love playing around like that, playing with my food, being playful and being curious. Uh, I think that is a huge component. And instead of it being so, you know, what's for dinner and what's for like, uh, I just, it's about having fun, you know, mm, with it. Being the other thing, yeah. yeah. And the other thing for me when it comes with, um, to food, um, is, is I do intermittent fasting, but what I learned also with that, um, is eating with the sun, right? Like connecting more with like, I, we close the kitchen when the sun goes down, like it's just a non-negotiable, you know? And, and then I do cycles of intermittent fasting before it was very structured. I had to be very, but now I'm just like, all right, I still have my cycle. So I, I go with the cycles of, of, you know, when am I about to get my period? Do I need to eat more? Do I need to, so I, I'm just more aware the more of, of that. With, when it comes more in to tune with nature and your body. I mean, that's the yeah. most ideal way we could live. Absolutely. Yeah. And with the seasons, the seasonal food, yeah. you know, the, the cycles of the sun and the moon cycles of your own body. Yeah. Like that's incredible that you're really tuning into that, you know, nature. I think that's one of the, it's like people like, yeah, what, what's going to help us live to 120, 150, 200 years old without disease? It's like, that's it. It's not these new drugs or these, you know, new lifestyle, you know, these new hacks and technologies and things. Yeah. So some of those things can help. It's like, no, it's living simply, living clean, living organic, eating real food, whole food, not processed mm -hmm. food, you know, low stress, you know, living a life that you love, that you enjoy, that has meaning and purpose. Like those are the things that are going to allow you to live a long time and enjoy your life. You know, who cares if you're 120, but you had, a, it's like, you hate your life, you know, it's like, and you're unhealthy right, or, right. You're, you, you know, you don't have energy or whatever. It's like, you could die at 60, but if you're fulfilled, you spent 
40 of those years living a fulfilled, healthy, happy, vital, fun life, you know, you live more years that way than most people do when they're 80 or 90 because most people are going through life unaware, in pain and suffering, not conscious of what's going on. And it's like, hey, let's wake up. Let's, let's find out yeah. what it is in your life that you can improve and heal to help you thrive and actually enjoy life to the fullest. I, I really believe everybody deserves that experience, that opportunity. Uh, I really think that you know, we are here to, to enjoy life, to give back, to live with meaning and purpose. And when you do, it's, it's beautiful. And I know you're doing that through, you know, you, you have something called the warrior warrior life code. Yes. Is that right? And you know, warrior yes. wellness and, you know, talk a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. So um, I'm creating a community of wellness warriors and um, we live the activated life. Every time I teach, I'm like activated and um, it's just turning on your internal pharmacy. It's, it's choosing love. And a lot of times uh, people get bogged down with the hacks, right? And, oh, they want to know about what supplements and, and, what, and I'm like, what about, you know, as a wellness warrior, let's focus on no cost rituals. Are you getting quality sleep? You know, are you, are you taking care of yourself with just a, a gratitude journal? Um, are you going outside, getting some, some sun, some air, fresh air? And, and I think for, for my community, that's one thing that I, I really stress. I'm like, yes, there's so many amazing things. Science is great. Um, they're making things easier for us, you know, to, but at the same time, just like you were saying, keeping it simple. So, um, with, with my community of wellness warriors, I also have, um, it's warrior life code where I do my coaching, like one-on-one, but the community that I am creating and we're, we're having a, a retreat in November, um, is about living an activated fit life. And, um, I, I truly believe the fit, the activated is spiritually fit, emotionally fit physically. And, um, I, I, I truly, truly believe that just like you were saying, we are all meant on this. We're in a big classroom <laughs> of life and we get to choose. We get to choose with the resources that we have in front of us. We get to choose to be healthy. We get to choose love always every day. Yeah. Beautiful. Where can people find out about your retreat? Oh, so um, you can sign up at activatedfit.club activatedfit.club um they can actually just book a schedule a call with me a free call and they'll find out more about the retreat awesome sounds great natalia was great uh great catching up hey. with you again awesome to see you and uh yeah. this was a beautiful beautiful time together so thank you so much uh, thank you for making this time it's always a pleasure and getting to know you more like this is this is awesome um Let's let's do it again. Right. <laughs> let's check in again. Absolutely. And maybe we'll do a crossfit competition together. Oh, I'll bring oh, some wheatgrass. <laughs> all right, bring the wheatgrass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. All right. all right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Nathan Crane Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and share this on social media. Then head over to NathanCrane.com for your free ebook. So when we're talking about, you know, what are these underlying causes and conditions of these chronic diseases, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, they all have very similar, if not identical causes. And that's the thing is when we get to the root cause of these diseases, we can not only prevent these diseases from ever happening, but empower our bodies to heal from them. In every one of our cells, 
we have tens and hundreds of thousands of chemical reactions that are happening every second that are cycling uh, back and forth. It's like sort of a, a yin and yang. And, you know, for me, the soul, soul's purpose is evolution. It doesn't care about comfort. It cares about evolution. Mm. And so I think so long as we are following our soul, then we will evolve. And I think what sometimes blocks us from living our purpose, from manifesting that next level of our expression, is we have not evolved. There is also a time for letting go all the expectations and relax and just breathe and be grateful for what you have achieved.